This episode is brought to you by ThinkNear. Their location score platform delivers the most accurate location targeting available on mobile. Visit them at locationscore.com. And by Pollen. Access your app store revenues faster and fund user acquisition straight away. To sign up, go to pollen.vc. Welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing with your hosts, Rob Woodbridge and Asif Khan. Hey, it is time for This Week in Location-Based Marketing. This is episode number 237. We are recording this live June 7th, late at night for both of us, both in the Eastern Time Zone. This is the year 2015. My name is Rob Woodbridge from Untether.tv, located in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada, and with me... On terra firma, on Canadian soil, in his hometown. Man. It is Asif Khan of the Location-Based Marketing Association. Asif, yes. what, are you, what are you doing in Toronto, man? Uh, you know, I came home. It was, uh, what do we have this week? It was a wedding on Saturday we had to go to. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and then uh, basically just a day full of, like, you know, activities and you know, concert stuff and recitals and like all, like all, just a whole whack of stuff today. It was just crazy. Did you fall asleep at the wedding? Um, I did not. I, I made it through. Like, you know what? Like, I, I got I got off the plane from Singapore, and I'm like, you know what? I'm feeling good. And for the for once in my life, I actually slept on that plane for like I I think I got six hours of sleep out of the uh, the 15 hour uh, of that like the Hong Kong Toronto piece. That never happens. I'm lucky if I get two. Like, you know, it strikes. It's, it's so odd to think that that you know, see if you're on you're in the air for 15 hours. I understand how modern flights work and that there are 15 hour flights, but 15 hours that is a and, yeah. and of course, I mean, I've spent many, many, many um, months in almost a year practically in Southeast Asia and traveled there and back and and uh, and I know what it's like to spend that much time on a flight, uh, but it just seems crazy, doesn't it? That you're floating in the sky oh, for 15 it's, hours. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And I used to be a smoker, man. And can you imagine doing uh, 15 hours on a plane no without thanks. a cigarette? No thanks. Oh my god. Do you imagine doing 15 hours on a plane with cigarettes? Well, we did that. So when my mother, my mother um got a posting with External Affairs CEDA here in, in Canada, Canadian International Development Association, um or agency at the time. And and uh she, she we actually um she lived in Bangladesh. And right. so we would go and visit her in Dhaka, Bangladesh. So we would go and visit her. She, my two younger brothers went with her and we would go and visit her. And that was back in the day when you could smoke on the planes. And the demarcation point, for those of you who are too young to remember that, was like this seat in front of you was smoking and the seat behind you was non-smoking. Crazy. And people were walking around the plane. They'd sitting by the exits, you know, having a cigarette and Crazy. smoking in an airplane. That's ridiculous. Oh my God! Uh, anyhow, now you but can't I take a, come, now you, you know, can't take a, like a nail file with you. Yes. So, but but I but I came home and you know like I went through all the bills and all the mail that you know yeah. uh, is sitting there when you come home. <coughs> but there was my uh, my package finally arrived, obviously. Oh, Con, so, why so did you are, send me are, like? We are family now, dude. You, why why have you not sent me any kind of like? Because I, you know what, I put it on. Like it it took me like two days to like find like the three minutes to open the box i don't even know how to do that i haven't figured that out yet yeah we'll figure it out it's tomorrow like, tomorrow when i'm sitting on on uh, on the plane i'll figure it out and then send, i'll send you a message send me send me a heart like i think you have to add you to like in the app we have to i have to add you as a contact and then when uh, are we contacts already isn't it the same like sms contact app no no so what you got to do and this is like a lesson for those of people who are going to because i think they're actually in the store on june 18th they're going to be available general availability uh in the store but you have to go into the apple watch app on the phone and you say in here there are contacts i believe yeah okay. contacts and then i have to go oh mirror my phone yeah i don't know man i haven't oh. figured it all out i don't know enough people who have them yeah, and, and the one guy I that know. I do know has him. His name is Mib Fournier. He's an amazing photographer here in Ottawa. Know. He's getting tired of me sending him my heartbeat. He's like, "I'm married, dude. I'm married. Got kids. Stop sending me your heartbeat." Oh, so you've already sent this guy your heartbeat? I have. Yeah, I've. Okay. I feel like I'm cheating on you, Asif, because I've sent somebody else my heartbeat. Yeah. Yeah. But. Oh, well, this is just a heart emoji. I think this is not a heartbeat. I don't know, man. I don't know. No, no. In fact, it has to be. If you hit the button, this is ridiculous. That we're doing this, but uh, if you hit the button on the top. Well, on the bottom, because you're right-handed, right? Is it on your left or your right wrist? It's on my left wrist. Um, so, yeah, you, you know the long, flat button? If yeah. If you hit that, that's where your contacts are. 
Yeah. And that's where, say, you click on somebody and you're uh, able to Oh, I see. So if you, oh, so you got to be favorites, I think, is how it works. Yeah. So if you add me as a favorite, then you can send me a, a doodle it. in a heartbeat. Got it. Yeah. There you go. A lesson on how not to use your Apple Watch when you do actually get your Apple Watch. What are your first thoughts on it as we go deeper and deeper into depth? Well, you know episode? what? So because I've only had it on for today, yeah, um, and I've been like running around all day today, it was very, very nice to see the, uh, you know, the updates as the Jays came back to win bottom the, of the ninth in the bottom of the ninth. That, yes. that, that was, you know, that was the highlight for me of of Apple Watch so, so far. So as long as the Jays keep winning, you'll yeah. keep liking the Apple Watch. <laughs> oh, you're gonna be sorely disappointed. They're doing well, but you know, I think everybody in the American League East won today, so you don't gain any ground. Well, they're two games under 500, man. That's not well. I'm sorry. Baseball well, talk. I meant they're on a run. They're on a run. Yeah, that's right. Four in a row. But everybody's on a run. Yankees that's, six in a row. That's the problem. Yeah. Well, yeah. I okay. Well, take take some time on the plane and learn how to use your damn Apple Watch, and then send me some kind of heartbeat or something like that. And for those of you out there, you know, friend us up. Yeah. We'll do the same thing. We'll share our hearts. Asif, sure what uh, what were you doing? You, you, quickly, let's run down what you were doing uh, in Europe and or sorry, in Asia. You were in Singapore, and yes. how did that go? And then you're heading off bright and early. By the time people are watching this uh, on Monday, you will be in Boston and then New York this week. So what's going yes. on? Okay. Singapore. Uh, I was over there for the Communicasia uh, conference. Fantastic uh, event. Uh, uh, I've done it for a few years. Uh, actually, I skipped last year, but I've done it for a number of years over, over the last six. And um, it's it's a great event. I mean, it's like a hundred thousand people uh, from all over Southeast Asia and and other uh, other parts in, in thereabouts, uh, Australia and other others uh, come. And uh, it was interesting. I mean, I, I met some uh, some good companies. The Singapore government. One of the things about I love about Singapore and why we have a chapter there. One of the reason core reasons we have a chapter there is the Singapore government has a, a division that they call the IDA, which is their sort of economic development arm, uh, I, ICT technology, and they do a lot of research. And they've been working with us lately to do uh, a lot of sort of uh, co uh, you know co branded white papers. Uh, you know, sort of like looking at consumer issues around privacy and location and all this kind of stuff. And, and like they're all over this as a government. So it's amazing. And, and they invest and they, uh, they pilot technologies. Uh, I went through there. They had this huge booth. And you can go through and see how they think about the home of the future, how they think about retail in the future, how they think about transit, you know, all this kind of stuff. And uh, it, was, it was fascinating to see where they're at. And, uh, you know, wandered around, met a bunch of other good companies in the space. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll get some of them featured cool. on here over the next few weeks. Um, but uh, all in all, a good, uh, a good show. And uh, the session that, uh, you know what, so I, I, I go up and I give this presentation. And you, and you have to remember, the audience for Communicasia is not the normal audience that we address. It's not a room full of agencies and brands. It's, uh, there are some of those, I mean, but that's the minority. It's primarily like uh, infrastructure and telecom, uh, you know, mobile operators and, 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 you know, manufacturing and all these guys. So I get up, I do my presentation, which, you know, I, I tailored it a little bit to that, but I still showed a whole bunch of marketing stuff. And then, you know, the one, like the, the one guy who comes up to me afterwards, he goes, so I, I, I want, you know, I got a challenge for you. I'm like, what is it? Right. And he's like, so I work for uh, Singapore Power, like the, like the power utility company. Yeah. And he goes, you know where I'm going with this? I'm like, I think I know where you're going with this. He's like. So he goes, well, let me see if you like, – he, he's challenging me. He's like, where, where do you think I'm going with it? Like, he, all he says is I work for the power utility, right? That's it. And I'm like, um, um, oh, I know. You've got, you've got smart meters on every home, right? And you've got all this data. And you want to nice. know how you can leverage that data, like who you could sell it to, right? He goes, exactly. Can you help <laughs> us with that? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, sure. We'll, we'll work on that. You yeah. passed the test. Yeah. You know what I'm thinking. Yeah. It it I have to say, it took me like sixty seconds though to sit there and go, like what? All right, all right, smart meters. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so. That's uh, good on you. I would have just said no, no, I'm not. I don't. You afraid of Elon Musk? Oh, dear. Like, Anyhow, so that was uh, Communicasia, and then uh, this week uh, I'm off to Boston super early, um, uh, speaking at a thing at MIT uh, tomorrow evening. Um, uh, looks like it's going to be a great event. Uh, we got Level Up involved in that uh, as well, so it'll be good to catch up with those guys. Uh, I think Urban Airship is also there, um, so we'll uh, you know we'll we'll bang some heads, knock some skulls together, see see what happens. Um, and I've got a bunch of other meetings. Going to going to bump into our good buddy Chuck uh, Chuck, Chuck Martin, Martin while I'm there and uh, say hi. 
And uh, and then Tuesday, I jump over to New York uh, super early for the place conference uh, during the day, all about indoor location. And then in the evening, uh, the LBMA New York chapter has a, a, an event as well, which I'm going to uh, stop in at. Um, and then before I head back uh, home on Wednesday. And then, you know what? And then I'm not going anywhere, Rob, for an entire week. Can you believe it? Like... Seven whole days on the ground in Toronto. I do not believe it. I think that's been since January, since yeah. the Christmas holidays. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And no more Europe for you or Asia. No, point. no more Europe or Asia for a while. It's good. Thankfully. I'm loving it. Receive. Yeah. Somebody has to do it. That somebody is you. Yep. Well, so anyhow, we've got a uh, another jam-packed show, don't we? We do. Great. Obviously, 10 great, great stories, great, great, great stories uh, that are coming up. Some really innovative stuff. And this is, uh, this is a fascinating way that you keep bringing these great stories. And, uh, and these are from around the world, as usual. They are not just from uh, North America. So hopefully you uh, appreciate these stories. And um, I don't know, is there anything else we need to do before we jump into this? Is that it? No, but congratulations to uh, American Pharaoh. I mean, oh, yeah, no kidding. Triple crown. Triple crown. We got to acknowledge that, right? How often does that happen? Well, not 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 in a long time. Not since we've been doing this show. No, and that's that's a pretty long time. You're right. It it, it is an amazing uh, feat. I think like I don't really I know that Ian Schaefer, I was tweeting, he was live tweeting from it, and he also has great Instagram photos, and Ian Schaefer, Ian Schaefer has been on the show before, yes. um, and uh, he said it was like a, a thrill of a lifetime to, to be able to be there, and uh, I just don't crazy. feel the same way about horse racing yeah. at all. It's, it was like a crazy day in sports history, wasn't it? I think so. There was everything. So. There was hockey, there was uh, baseball, there was the Women's World Cup. Yes, in there Canada. was tennis going on. There was, I mean, it was, it was. All and didn't the, Tiger Woods shoot an eighty-five? Was that yesterday yeah, or today? Worst ever. Yeah. So uh, you yes, know, full moon happening somewhere. I'm sure as a result of uh, you know, it was just like the epicenter of all sports, and I didn't watch any of it. I've been helping my brother do the renovations. It's been crazy. There you go. Yeah. All right. So we do this. Hold on one second. The last thing we have to do is listen to a word from our sponsor, and then we'll get into the top ten stories. I promise. So here is our sponsor, Think Near. Untether.tv is brought to you by Thinknear. Here's a reminder of what they do from VP of product, Lucas Dickey. I was described as being, you know, location-based advertising. So hitting the right user um, at the right place with the right message. So that's easy enough to understand. The real question is, what does their family think they do all day? I, I'm not sure I've ever successfully explained anything about what I do. My family's pretty in touch. So I think they understand the mobile um, aspect of Thinknear. They, they don't know how it happens. On my parents' side, they've described for the last decade that I work in IT. So most people tend to think I'm doing, um, you know, driver replacements or fixing printers. But I think they generally think that I walk around talking all day, nonstop, <laughs> designing things, tweeting nonstop, writing a lot, and that would generally be true. <laughs> so. So they're pretty much up. My mom does not yet have a smartphone and she refuses to let me get her one. So given that we're a mobile advertising company and my mom refuses to get a smartphone, I don't know. It's like the fact that there are games on a phone is just mind boggling to her because she still thinks Nintendo was a very novel and futuristic gaming device. In my parents' head, I do IT, and I'm okay with that. They don't need to know anything beyond that, other than that I will be looking out for their future, and I'm one of the sons that they'll be able to to, to rely on when they get old. <laughs> Help Lucas support his parents by going to thinknear.com. And now back to the show. Let's do this. Story number one. I'm starting. I think. Yeah. Uh, there's a big movie coming out in the next week. Um, uh, I don't know about you, Rob. Do you remember going to see Jurassic Park? Oh, my God. Can, Do you I, can I not say, Steve, have I not told you that my all-time favorite movie of all time ever that doesn't is involve Jurassic Bruce Springsteen what, is Jurassic Park. When I really? See, the first Jurassic Park, when you see those dinosaurs, and it, I mean, that was so amazing for that time, wasn't it? It, it, was, it was unbelievable. So, uh, oh. yeah, no, I uh, fond memories of that. And Anyways, there's a new one coming out. Hopefully it doesn't June stink 12th. like the last two. 
June twelfth, uh, Jurassic uh, World will be out. And uh, in order to promote this thing, uh, instead of putting out uh, special trailers online or you know uh, on on YouTube or Netflix or wherever they could have gone, they uh, decided that you know we're gonna have release some special uh, footage uh, with some cameos and um, you know a whole bunch of things like that. Uh, we're gonna release them at Best Buy stores. And so uh, here you go. This is interesting. And, and you know what? I read this story, and I'm like, why haven't they done this before? That was the first thing I thought of. Right? I'm sitting here going, you know what? You know when you walk into a Best Buy store, and there's like, you know, you go to the TV section, and there's TVs all over the walls, and they're playing some crappy like DVD, you know, that we've all seen, right? Like the content is the same on every screen. They want you sh- they want to show you that you know that here's what it looks like on this one and here's what it looks like on that one and here's what it looks like over here. Well, guess what? That content, instead of it being some DVD that's already been released that we've all seen, it is special promotional footage of the upcoming Jurassic World, only available, only can be seen in 500 Best Buy stores across the United States. Love it. Right? All brought by Samsung and only shown on Samsung TVs in these stores. In fact, the Samsung SUHD TV specifically. It's interesting. It's very interesting. Um, my guess is you're going to see some Samsung devices in the movie as well. Mm. Uh, I would say that there's a deeper partnership here. Uh, but And maybe, do you think that this, it would be interesting to find out if this actually drives uh, foot traffic into the store. You know what would be interesting though? Like, I mean, what if you actually like went into the store to see the footage and then there was some, some something you got to take away yeah. on your, if you had a Samsung device, right? Interesting. If you like, if if you could scan something or tap do something, or something. Or, yeah. or tap the screen, you know, you know, NFC enabled or whatever, and then like it gives you like some sort of you know, hey, free popcorn or whatever it is, like at the at the theater, um, that would be cool. Like, that would be cool. I mean, this is cool. I I actually think this is cool. Like, I think this is, you know, an interesting attempt to drive traffic into Best Buy stores. But it's the same as the uh, Angry Birds Starbucks example. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah. So I like this. This is cool. So Samsung teaming up with Best Buy. Special footage of the Jurassic World movie, uh, only only shown on the new Samsung SUHD TVs in those 500 stores. There you go. Innovative. Yes. I don't think it'll save Best Buy, though. No. No. All right. All right. Our second story involves Pinterest, that network of want. It's everything you ever want in a board. They are getting into the e-commerce world very quickly. We talked about this. I think maybe two years ago, our prediction was that Pinterest was going to get involved much more, become basically the world's largest catalog. And they're starting to do this on their mobile device, iOS first right now. This company's worth $11 billion. And the only revenue that it's earning right now is from advertising from promoted pins. It's crazy. It's crazy. But now you're going to be able to actually see next to a pin it button, you're going to be able to see a buy it now button where you can actually... uh, uh, buy the product right now. It says buy this next to the traditional pin it. And you can actually, it's available on iPhone and iPad later this month. Um, I think it, by the end of this month, it's going to be there. Um, and, you know, the reason that they're doing this is obviously because 80% of their entire uh, of user base of Pinterest is already buying and they have no stake in the game. Now, it's going to be credit card or with Apple Pay at this moment. And then they think that Android will come later at a later date. Who knows when that will be. Um, now, Pinterest is not going to be taking a cut of the sale they don't want to inflate the prices. They want to make sure that you get the best prices or whatever the manufacturer or the, or the retailer is selling the price for. So they will not be uh, taking a cut of the sale right now. What they will be doing is charging an arm and a leg to promote the product in front of the right people because they have the audience, the demographics, the mm. wants, the likes, the, the pins, all of those things, much like Facebook does. You can bet that that's going to go for a pretty penny. So nice. it's crazy. But the other side of it, Asif, is that um, Instagram is adding buy buttons to their ads right now as well. They're all doing it. Twitter's, Twitter's doing it as well. Yeah. Everybody's doing it. I don't know if Facebook is doing it yet. Um, but if you think about it, it just makes so much sense. And Pinterest, I know that Shopify here in Ottawa is involved in, in actually doing the same thing, is, is that if you've pinned something from a Shopify store, it, you can actually link back and have it, you know, buy it from the Shopify store. This is a, this is a very interesting move long time coming we knew this was going to happen with pinterest when they cut off all access to third-party um aggregators that were actually selling product through pinterest they just cut them right off and uh and referral networks as well and so pinterest now 
You can buy things from Pinterest only on the mobile app right now and only on iOS. But And that should be rolled out everywhere uh, by the end of this month, by the end of June. Free. There you go. Yeah. Awesome. Big store. Big store. Yes. All right. Speaking of big stores, uh, our third story, Alibaba. Uh, these guys are big. Uh, they okay. You remember? Was it two weeks ago? We talked about this company, Visual Lead. Uh, this this uh, reinvention of the QR code. This Israel Israeli company. We weren't very complimentary to it. So I thought, okay, you know what? I saw them pop into the news again this week, and uh, it, you know, and it was positioned in a different way. And I thought, okay, you know what? Let, let's talk about it. Let's let's let, let's bring it up again, uh, and let's let's spin it in a, in a good light. So I think this is actually a good use case for this thing. Um, and so what they've, you know, if you remember the thing, it's kind of like a QR code uh, with dots. Um, um, so visually, it looks like a QR code. It's not a QR code. Um, but what Alibaba is doing is they're working uh, with with products and, and, and you know sort of retail products, and they're using this QR code as a way to fight counterfeit fraud um, and and sort of minimize uh, returns and things like that. So the the idea is is that. Think of it like uh, an individualized RFID, but it doesn't require you know a wireless connection uh, at all, like the way RFID would. Uh, so basically, every product has one of these codes on it. Um, they cho they chose the QR code or the the, the sort of visual lead QR like thing because consumers sort of were uh, aware of what that looked like. So um, you know they didn't want to throw something out that was completely new and and random. So they went with this kind of thing, but it's an individualized code. Um, and basically, uh, you can scan this thing. Uh, you can look at, uh, you know, whether uh, this this product came out of inventory uh, or whether it was paid for. All this kind of stuff you can you can verify and check based on this code on the, on, on on the item. So I think this is interesting. Uh, there are a few other companies uh, that they mention are using this this code, L'Oreal, Ferrero, uh, and, and some others, but. Uh, the, you know this idea of applying it to uh, fraud uh, and, and return uh, policies and things like that. Uh, you know we know loss prevention is a big issue in the retail industry, uh, and so any technology that you can throw at it to try and reduce you know the amount of stolen items or you know whatever the case might be in terms of return fraud and things like that, um, you know is a, is a good thing. So Visual Lead, you know we knocked you a little bit last time. We like I like this application of uh, of your technology. So there you go, Alibaba using Visual Leads uh, QR like technology for uh, preventing fraud um, or, or 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 to um, eliminate uh, um, loss prevention issues and, and reduce uh, uh, some of the fraud. There you go, QR codes a third life, a fourth life, or is that their fifth fourth life? life. Yeah, fourth life. All right. Um, on to the next story around Twitter's Periscope. I don't know if anybody out there has played with Periscope. I, I have. I have. And I have not. You know, see, if it's one of those things, I... I, I you still I, like Meerkat, don't you? Well, I don't I don't really care. I don't really like any of them. <laughs> you, you know, the problem is that the content on it is predominantly crap. It's you just, like the Meerkat logo better. I do. I like the Meerkat logo, logo yeah. way better, yeah. I should have been wearing that shirt in support of them. But, uh, you know, Periscope is basically Chris Saka's kid giving stock advice, right? The little girl giving stock advice. So it's not... There's The problem with all this is that it gives everybody the opportunity to be broadcasters. And everybody... Only we should be broadcasters, yeah. right? But no offense. Nobody's yeah. life is that interesting. I'm tired of walking people, yeah. watching people walk to Just work. Kid. Yeah. We, yeah. Well, we should be. But I, I haven't found a real great use for it. I thought about it once today, uh, yesterday, because they were filming this movie a couple of doors down from my brother's place, and I thought maybe I'll pull out Periscope, and then I'm like, eh, mm. no, it's too much effort. So, but now Twitter, um, who owns Periscope, is um, and, and so what Periscope is doing is now is actually launching a map-based view of Periscopes. So before. You could only see a list view of the people that you were following, or you could actually go and see a list view of uh, people around the world that were actually broadcasting at that moment uh, in their directory. Uh, but now they actually do it by geography. That's the story. I, you know, not a big story, Asif, other than nope. now you can pick things that are around you, or you can actually get transported to a location that may be interesting or not. It still doesn't grade the content, right? It doesn't really give you an, a sense of what's going on. It would, you know, I think that uh, from what I gather from this is that you can see how many people are watching and how many feeds are from that place. So maybe you can look you for can it. you take it down on the map though to a specific event? Yeah, no, I think you can. You can, yeah. You so, can zoom so like in. if if Springsteen is playing right yes. now in you know Seattle, yeah, 
or whatever, can you take it to the on the map to to where the the concert venue and and see who's who's streaming from there? I think that you can, and and uh, you know what it will show you is density, right? And there's that word okay. again that keeps coming back is that it'll show you that you know eight or ten or twelve people are streaming from that one location, or a hundred people are streaming from that lo- one location. So maybe there's something of value in Got that it. spot. So th- that's interesting, just from discovery. But but uh, you know this location based stuff makes sense. But uh, again, I'm uh, like we've got we've got one thing which is time and the people that you're that, you know and the second thing is that maybe the people that you're following or that you're interested in and the third thing now is density right or location and then th- that with that brings density. But there's still something missing like a quality control mm. right um, where you, it's very hard to discover the right feeds to watch the good feeds to watch and uh, you know as I've often said here is that the good feed is is the is the feed. But if you've got 100 people streaming from one spot, how do you know which is the best vantage point? And I don't want to waste my time flipping through them all. So, uh, you know, those are the other kind of things. And the last thing that they're doing is that, you know, now it's tying into Twitter so you can actually send it out, which is what Meerkat built its base on. So now Periscope allows you to send it out to, you know, your feed out to Twitter. And then uh, on iOS right away, it allows you to rebroadcast and, and Android as well. So there's a couple of things that are that are interesting, but, but um, you know, there's still that, the curation piece that's very difficult here around uh, around Periscope and even and Meerkat as well. But they launched videos on a map. There you go. All right, fifth story, short one. This is a funding update. We covered this company a, a while ago now called Zuper. Um, that's a, a Z or Z, depending on which uh, country you're in. Double uh, O P E R. Uh, this is a New Delhi, India-based company in the hyperlocal marketplace space. Um, and uh, they've raised $20 million, $20 million uh, coming from existing investors, Tiger Global Management, Nirvana Venture Advisors. Uh, and I, I think there's a few new ones that are uh, joining in as well. Uh, but these guys have raised a ton of money, uh, 6.5 previous to this, uh, just in June of last year. Uh, and now another $20 million. Uh, this is, they say, to expand to 30 cities across India. Uh, add to their management team, so somebody's going to get paid well. Uh, it's just not Rob and I. Um, but uh, there you go. Zuper gets twenty million dollars to uh, to expand and add to the management team. Um, yeah, they've got five. What is it? Five hundred thousand retailers on this platform. This is a hyperlocal marketplace. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. You know what's crazy, Asif? You know what's crazy, Asif? What's that? Well, how about technology woven into your fabric? Love it. You know, I don't think that this is that concept is new, but you know, most of the the, the technology that's woven into Fabric today is basically uh, um, they're they're from monitoring you, right? So that therefore, you know, uh, heart rate and perspiration and respiration and all that kind of stuff. But how about technology that's woven into uh, Fabric that allows you to swipe? enable things like swipe and touch so this is that's what this is it's called project jacquard or it depends on where you jacquard but it's project jacquard and it's done by google and i'm going to play a video here and it's a four minute video but it does a great job of describing what exactly it is and why it would be in and this is much like google they're putting this out there and it's fascinating because they're talking to top fashion brands to incorporate this in and the way that they've done it is basically it's 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 woven in to the fabric and and the technology the brands don't need to understand the technology they just take it and and put it into their their clothes and what they're saying is like we don't know what it's going to do Right, we're gonna see what it does, but right. it's up to you guys, the brands, to be able to decide how you're gonna bring this into it. So, you know, there's an example in the video of a guy swiping his shoulder that enables a call, right? And I think that that stuff is very interesting. So, I'm gonna play this video. I'm not gonna spoil it anymore. It's basically about conductive yarns. It's called Project Jackard, and it's uh, by Google. Watch this video and tell me you're not thinking about a thousand ways that you can use this. Here is the video. What I find fascinating about textiles is the structure of textiles. It's the same to the structure of touchscreens, which we're using in everyday mobile devices and tablets. That means that if you just replace some of the threads in textiles with conductive threads, you should be able to weave the textile, which can recognize a variety of simple touch gestures, just like any normal touch panel you have in a mobile phone. So if you can hide or weave interactivity and input devices into the materials, that will be the first step 
to making computers and computing invisibly integrated into the objects and materials and clothing. So this is, is, is exciting to me. The challenge of creating jacquard yarn was to create yarn that is highly conductive and at the same time scalable, which means it could be used on industrial weaving machines everywhere in the world. For textile designers or fashion designers or furniture designers, it is interesting because it's something you are very familiar with. It's just textile. We made the yarn very thin and feels so natural, so it looks like just normal yarn. The only thing different is it's conductive. We work with textile designers from all over the world, and it's really interesting to see what kind of possibilities that we can have. It could be visible, very obviously, like it's here. It also can be totally invisible. So we're creating possibilities by combining different way of weaving technique, and that's totally up to designers to choose, and it's up to their creativity. We're trying to shrink down all the components down to the size of a button. And ultimately, this will be something that's so small we can embed into the manufacturing process. So the users won't even see it or feel it inside the garment. The idea that Jacquard is an interface that is blended into the clothing that we wear that has an implication in the way that you would use services, products, applications, and anything that we do through our devices. It's somehow getting the technology out of the way and making interactions more natural and more seamless. In terms of what the technology can do, it's really up to the user and to the designers, and we expect that users can reconfigure it as much as they want to. Software development and fashion design often don't exist in the same place. So we're hoping to make it very simple for each of those parties to collaborate and we're hoping to provide both software and hardware knowledge and components to make those collaborations very easy. We like to think that we have these iconic products that haven't changed much, but the world is changing. So I think Jacquard presents a great opportunity for brand, for design, to open a door to the future. In tailoring, we use methods that have been used and not changed for 200 years. So when something new comes along, it's really exciting. What's amazing about the project is that I don't have to have any knowledge about the electronics and how it works. So let's see what we can create with it. Jacquard is a blank canvas for designers and developers. We are just at the beginning and we are really excited to see what people are going to do with it. See, that is so cool. Hopefully somebody comes up with a really innovative way, but I would love to be able to, like the watch kind of takes it one step right where you get the notifications yeah. but wouldn't it be neat is to be able to just like okay like i've got my uh my head not my bluetooth headphones like the goofs that wear those still those bluetooth headsets right but i'm i'm sitting at the gym and i just need i want to be able to you know swipe my uh my shirt and uh, it enables a call to my wife i think that the, that kind of stuff is the next phase of all of this right and and maybe in directions you can you know you can weave it into it so it's like i've now got the directions going on my phone and just like the watch, it says like, okay, turn left, and it buzzes my left peck, right, or whatever yeah. it might be. Well, it's cool. I mean, and, and they they announced the, the initial uh, development partner is Levi's. Yeah. Uh, around this, and and that's huge. I the mean, like, uh, so they were talking about denim jackets and uh, jeans with all this stuff built in, and so they gave some pretty some pretty interesting examples. They were saying like you could, uh, you know, just touch your jeans to silence your phone when it was uh, when somebody was trying to get, call you, or touch a button on your on your denim jacket to uh, to basically remember a location of a restaurant as you walk past it. So you know cool. all this kind of stuff, right? Like it's it, it, you know I like it. It, it you know the simplicity of 
just being able to you know work with whatever you have on you at the yep. time. Well, right. I, the only thing I wish it would do is I'd be able to silence my sister's phone because it's like that, you know, the, <laughs> the, the typical iPhone strum, the guitar strum iPhone. Yeah, ring, yeah, yeah, and it drives yeah. me crazy. And I would like there's to. There's got to be something that we can do to like, you know, like there's got to be somebody who comes up with a little thing that can basically you can change ringtones on for the, somebody else. Like, for somebody else. Yeah. Somebody's yeah. got to be able to do that. Please, somebody hack my sister's phone. Yeah. yeah I'm yeah. saying. I keep saying to her, you know, Christine. It, it's okay to change your ringer. Oh, why? I love this. I'm like, fling, bling, fling, 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 fling. I'm like, doesn't she have a favorite song? Can't we like just send her like, you know, some song as a ringtone? I'm not sure that that would be any better, quite, quite frankly, oh. at all. She likes Bon Jovi. <laughs> oh, oh, oh my God. No. She thinks that Bon Jovi is better than Bruce Springsteen. And, and can you believe I still talk to her? Anyway, there's but Family. one flower that is bloomed from the Garden State. All right, Asif, get us off this topic. On to GeoTrack, would you, buddy? Yes, our seventh story, GeoTrack, G-O, uh, as, it, as you would think it would be, with a T-R-A-Q is the uh, track. These guys have received an interesting patent for something called cell ID modules. Um, so basically what you're looking at here is, is, you know, we're all familiar with the world of um, indoor location and GPS and cell towers and all this other kind of stuff. Um, but you know, one, one of the things about most of these technologies is, you know, they're, you know, they, they eat up battery life. Um, you know, they're, uh, you know, sometimes there's, there's some pretty heavy costs in, in, in determining location in this way. So these cell ID things are, are interesting because they, you know, they come out of the world, uh, you know, from the 911, E911 world. Um, and so these guys have, uh, have received some patents on deploying these for, you know, location uh, tracking, location awareness, um, you know, at, at a much uh, broader level in, in the sense that we would normally talk about these things in uh, in the world of, uh, of Wi-Fi uh, or sorry, in the world of retail. Um, and so they've they've launched a first product, which is uh, for 2G networks. Uh, and they've got another one that they're working on right now for 3G networks. So basically, you, you know, we're, we're going to get to a point where, you know, GPS, while it's getting better and the cell tower stuff is okay, you know, from the mobile operator's point of view, um, you know, what, what's their play around indoor and finite positioning? They don't, they haven't had one yet. So we've got things like LTE direct on the horizon, uh, and now we've got things like this cell ID uh, kind of stuff that's uh, that's there. It's uh, it's it's you know, doesn't impact the battery. It, it doesn't have the form factor that some of this other stuff does. Um, and these guys have some patents around it, so you know, hopefully, they're able to uh, to defend these things. It's a proprietary circuit design, firmware functionality, software architecture, all to, like they've all that's included in their patent uh, around this uh, cell ID stuff. So um, there you go, GeoTrack uh, is the company, and uh, yeah, they're uh, what does it say here? They're, they're uh, E911 location systems right now. Two hundred million remote connected devices exist around that today. So they expect this to be 50 billion by 2020. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, we're not talking, you know, anytime we bring up any of these companies, we're not talking about small numbers, are we? No, no, no. But but think about that, right? Like I mean, we we know how how well Apple does every time they put on a new product, right? Yeah. And you know, even if they got $1 for every device they sold, like they'd still be doing better than Rob and I. Right? <laughs> what do you mean? If they no, see, if they paid a dollar for every device they sold, they'd be doing better than us. Yeah, right. So, but but here you go. I mean, like here's a market for this stuff that's supposed to be 50 billion devices, right? If if these guys got one dollar for you know every piece every patent on, on every one of those devices, Crazy. I mean, well, we're, we're, we're in the wrong business. That's all I gotta business. say. We're in the wrong business. So well, I geo track. For a long time. G e o t r a q dot com. Check them out. Well, you know we are in the wrong business, and 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 uh, a very smart guy has just pointed out to me, and and I, as if I need a reminder again that I'm in the wrong business. But um, I, I'm going to pull it up. It's a tweet that went out today, actually, and you, you know it kind of puts everything in perspective about what we do here in the media world, and I, somehow I inadvertently got into this space. I don't know what I'm doing here. I think I was inspired by Om Malik and and, um, and Leo Laporte, and I shouldn't have been, but it was Benedict Evans who said, it's tough being in content, know your user, but no tracking. New revenue models, but no paywalls. End banners, not but no native ads. And then he says, uh, follows that up, fundamentally, you pay in time, money, attention, or data, but if you don't pay at all, it will just go away. 
It's profound to me where it's so true. We've tried every monetization technique we can in content and none of it has worked. So yeah. at some point, nobody pays. Nothing happens. Well, you know, it's interesting. So just quickly on that, um, when I was in Singapore and I did this panel, one of one of my uh, co-panelists was the head of uh, Spotify for, uh, for for the region, yep. managing director for, for Asia. Uh, was on this panel. A brilliant woman. I think she was at Facebook before, uh, and and now she's at uh, Spotify, and so she's responsible for you know putting Spotify into all these new markets that that they they're not in yet. Like they're not in India yet. Hmm. They're not in China yet, right? Like, uh, and that's her job is is to bring them into these markets. They are in Singapore now, and they're looking at markets like Indonesia and Myanmar and all these other things. So she was talking about it, and and, uh, and she specifically brought up Myanmar, and she said. And I mean, this is all news to me. I have, I have no idea about the the local nuances of these markets, but apparently there's like a, a crazy local hip hop scene in Myanmar. Um, that's that's the thing. That's what How people would are we know. To. Um, and and there are these like sort of local, uh, you know, mini Spotify's, if you will, in each of these little markets that that have grown up on their own. And I, and somebody asked the question, like, well, so how do you compete with that? You know, when you go into these markets, and she's like. You know, you just have to look at our our song catalog. Like, you know, we bring three hundred percent more, you know, uh, songs to the database, like like to the market. But then somebody raises their hand. They're like, "Yeah, but nobody in Asia pays for music, right?" It's like we, you know, and then and then somebody raised the you know the data and they said like when you look at U.S. Uh, internet traffic, uh, like a third of U.S. internet traffic is YouTube. Like one third of U.S. internet traffic is YouTube. One third of Asian internet traffic is what? BitTorrent. <laughs> Still, BitTorrent. Like that's almost disappeared from from North America. Right? I don't know, man. There's a lot of BitTorrent. I mean, it's going there, on. but it's yeah. not nowhere near. Like, I mean, it's a third of the traffic in Asia. Yeah. Right. So, you know, when you say people aren't going to pay, like they're not going to pay. Like no, you no. you need to find some other thing that you know some other reason you know that 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 uh, this starts to make sense. And so, um, you know, and I'm going way off track now. I apologize. But um, so one of the things that was raised as, you know, how do you counter this and, and what's the opportunity? Because we had all these mobile operators in the room, right? And they raised what WeChat has done is they've partnered up with uh, one of the Asian mobile operators. And, and so, um, you know, WhatsApp, WeChat, any of these kinds of things. So basically, let's say you're in Indonesia, uh, you live there and you're, you have a, you subscribe, you know, your mobile phone through the local uh, mobile operator. Well, if you've got WeChat on your phone, when you're out of country and you're roaming, basically roaming on WeChat is free. Hmm. It's been included in the package that the WeChat has negotiated with the mobile the operator, carrier. with the carrier. That makes sense to me, yeah. right? So everything else, like roaming-wise, you're going to pay for. But WeChat, you do not pay for when you're out of country. Right, it's that nice. and that's the kind of thing, and so they're teaming up with you know like with, with people like that. That's the kind of stuff that the Spotify's of the world need to do. You know, I'm a Spotify. I'm a, I love Spotify, man. I love it. I love it. Uh, and then I and I, I try to espouse like oh, we were, here's a perfect spot. We're way off, but it's okay. Yeah, here's yeah a perfect Spotify story is that we were I was at my brother's house yesterday, which would have been Saturday all day, helping him renovate, and it was me and my dad and my brother. Uh, out there uh, trying to build this house, which is always a recipe for disaster. But I had it on Spotify, and I said, listen, you know, tunes from the 70s, shuffle, go. And then, uh, you know, typical, my dad's 76. He's like, wow, this is a great mixtape. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it was. Both my brother and I chuckled, and we're like, yeah, it's, it's pretty much the equivalent. But, yeah. um, you know, it, it's true. I, I, I hit it, and I'm like, I don't know what song I want to look at. Like, what, even if you have uh, you know three million songs in there, I'm like I don't know what I want. So I yeah. end up just hitting shuffle anyways, yeah. right? And uh, and the songs that I search for are the ones that I already have installed on my phone and just music. So yeah. I, I love it. But it, you're right. The big challenge is that my very first bootleg tape was um, Springsteen's Greatest Hits, like or the box the box set package, uh, you know, seventy five to eighty five, and I bought it when I was on the streets in Bangkok for like a dollar. Right, right next to the Rolex that I bought yeah. for a dollar. Right? Yeah, they they don't, they yeah they don't pay for music. No, they don't. Only tourists pay for music no. in Bangkok and Asia. So anyhow, so right. uh, there well, you, you go. You brought up Facebook, and that leads uh, that was part of the transition into it was. our we, next we story. We planned that. We planned that. Yeah. Way to go, Asif. Yes, we are we are pros. Don't try this at home, folks. We are pros. 
We are unpaid pros <laughs> in the media business. Yeah, our eighth story. Our eighth story. Well, we were so close. Uh, so Facebook uh, has this little app called Messenger, and most of you have gone through that pain where you have been sent a message of some sort, and you see the little message ind indication on your on your smartphone saying, "Listen, you got a message," and then you click on it and it says, "Oh, by the way." In order to see that, you have to download Facebook Messenger. So for the longest time, ever since existence, basically, of Facebook Messenger, location services have, pretty much unbeknownst to all of us, been turned on. So every message that you send out actually has a location affixed to it. Now, Asif and I are all for that, but if you don't know that it's on, it's not good. So actually, somebody who's about to intern at Facebook uh, noticed this and called them out in a Medium post and said, hey, listen, did you know that your location is always being tracked? Always being tracked through uh, Messenger. So they came out and fixed that, as Facebook often does. They ask for forgiveness and send out a fix. And so most of you for, by now should have been downloaded a fix. If you haven't, you probably should. Download the latest version of Facebook Messenger and it automatically switches off location tracking. So you actually, when you're sending a message, you actually have to tell it to track your location and ask for your permission again. Now, if you haven't downloaded the latest version, you can go and turn off location if that's of interest, but you should know that it is on. It is always, always, always on unless you've downloaded the latest version. So my, my sense to you, my, my, my advice to you is go download, download the latest version of Facebook Messenger as it switches off automatic location tracking. There you go. All right. Our ninth story is a two-in-one because it's the same company doing uh, some cool things. Uh, so, uh, Baidu, these guys, uh, they have invested $11.5 million in a company called Vision Media. Um, so, Baidu, and this is in partnership with two Chinese private equity investors uh, that are doing this. And uh, so, yeah, there you go, Vision Media. Uh, this is a uh, transit Wi-Fi uh, operator. So these guys roll out Wi-Fi in, in, the, in the public transit systems uh, in China. And, um, you know, Baidu, Baidu's getting into all sorts of stuff, right? Um, you know, so that's, that's just a quick funding update and interesting to see that, uh, that they're doing that. Uh, I think uh, the, uh, they've got uh, Wi-Fi services in 18 cities, it says, including Shanghai, Shenzhen, Guangzhou. Tianjin uh, and uh, thirty-five thousand buses. Thirty-five thousand buses. That's a lot of buses with Wi-Fi. Anyhow, so they're doing that. And then you remember, a little while ago, Baidu had put some money into uh, one of our good friend companies, one of our members here, uh, Indoor Atlas, the guys with the magnetic positioning stuff. Well, it's finally showing some fruit because they announced this week that they're rolling this out in a whole bunch of shopping malls in China. Um, and these guys have opened up a, an office, uh, Indoor Atlas has, uh, I believe, in China as well, as they've kind of also moved uh, and, and opened up an office in San Francisco. Uh, you might know that these guys were, are, are, are and were uh, still based in, uh, in Norway, I understand. Uh, so lots going on there. Um, they had put $10 million, I think, into Indoor Atlas. So these guys, you know, Baidu is one of these companies, they don't sit around. Uh, you know, they deploy their money smartly uh, in the space of location, whether it's indoor positioning or Wi-Fi in, in, in public transit offerings. They're active. So there you go. Baidu putting money into Vision Media. Uh, Vision, yes, Vision Media. Uh, and then um, the Indoor Atlas uh, investment is starting to, uh, to roll out now into shopping malls in China and elsewhere. So there you go. Baidu. That's what happens when you have a lot of money. Yeah. You can just spend it. So the theme of this show, if you're looking for the theme, <laughs> Rob and I haven't shared it yet. It's people are making lots of money. Rob and I are not. That's <laughs> it's a, it's so, a common theme. Yeah. I see that a lot. Yeah. <sighs> so we well, have one more It's story. only fitting to see if that we end the show on something that, is, that allows us to feel good about yeah, not making money. It's a great money. story. This yes. is a very positive, feel-good Amazing story. It is. And and as we flaunt our, our watches here, which is a wearable device, yes, um, yes these things right here, mm -hmm. um, you know, most of us think of wearable devices as, you know, the Fitbits or the Apple Watches or, or whatever it might be that you wear, um, whether it's around your neck, on your face, around your wrist, and it's for tracking physical activity or for giving you notifications. That's what this world has known. But now here's UNICEF that says, Wearable technology can be used for good, folks, not just for telling you to get up off of your ass every hour. It is actually something that for developing nations can actually be used for good, like life-saving good. So they've created
created something called Wearables for Good. URL, wearablesforgood.com. It is a challenge. They say, could wearables be the next mobile revolution? Yes, of course it is. Then they want you to join them to develop innovative, affordable solutions to make wearables and sensor technology a game changer for women and children across the world. So what is this thing? It is literally a competition. You have until August 4th to submit some ideas. There are some great uh, uh, things on the website if you go to wearables for, uh, wearablesforgood.com. Um, and so, they, but it has to be these, it has four major factors that have to be adhered to in order to be successful. The, the first one is the project must be cost effective. It must be low power because it could be in a developing nation without the easy access to uh, being on the power grid. It has to be durable, obviously, for whatever harsh climates or whatever uh, whatever it, it's been born into. And it has to be scalable. So that means that it cannot just be deployed to one village or one city. It has to be able to be deployed everywhere. Um, it's open to high and low tech innovations and you have the opportunity to win $15,000. That is the uh, prize for this. I'm just trying to think if there's anything else that you should know. The challenge happens now. It's available to anyone. It's uh, across the globe. They're accepting applications until August 4th, and the winners will be announced on uh, in the fall of 2015. They say why. It says that when we work together, the social impact design and tech communities can help solve some of the world's greatest challenges. And we are right now in the review phase till August 4th. The coaching starts in at the end of the... Uh, um, the review starts, sorry, August 4th, the September 4th, 4th, and then the winner comes out late in the, uh, late in the fall, around November 2nd. This is um, pretty amazing. This is one of those things, and the partners in this are Arm, Frog, and obviously UNICEF. Um, man. I, I think that this is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful thing that they're doing here. I don't know that the um, the funding is uh, high enough to bring people in because we're all greedy sons of bitches. But I yep. think that uh, and there's a whole bunch of services that Arm and Frog will provide as well to to the winners. But um, this is this is something good. Wearablesforgood.com. Wearablesforgood.com. All right, Asif, that's a good way to end the show, isn't it? On a feel good basis, Wearables Absolutely. for Good project. Yeah, amazing. Well, I, I, you know, uh, I don't have much else to say this week. Uh, I think that uh, we have had a, uh, a long, long, long week. You've had a long couple of weeks back and forth to Europe. Um, and next week, we'll be back to our regularly scheduled time, and, uh, and we'll be back to our regularly scheduled show, right? Yes. I will be much, much more rested. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll have, like, you know, not that these stories weren't great, but, you know, like, even better stories, I'm sure. Even better stories. Uh, maybe a guest. We'll, we'll, we'll have the time to do a guest. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> Let's not. Let's keep our streak going without guests. Yeah. Oh, oh, we had a guest last week. Yeah, we did. All right, Asif, let's uh, let's wrap this sucker up. That was episode number two hundred and thirty-seven. Have a safe trip to Boston and New York. Say hi to my good friend Chuck Martin for me, would you? Will do. Yes. Knock their socks off at MIT and uh, say hello to everybody in New York City when uh, when you get to the location-based or the um, the LBMA's event on on Tuesday night. And then we'll, we will be back for episode two thirty-eight next week. Asif, man. Oh, Indeed. and then there's WWDC that starts uh, on Monday. We'll see what's going on. We'll have lots to talk about around that for next week as well. Yes. This is fun times. Fun iOS times. 9? Yeah, iOS 9, Apple TV, the whole nine yards. New music streaming service from Apple as well. Yeah. If the, if, if the speakers don't blow up. Yes. Something's yeah. going to happen. Yeah. I can't wait. Uh, yeah. These are great speeches. Anyway, that's it for 237, folks. We'll see you next week for 238. Hasif, safe travels. Everybody else. Have a great Adios. week.